Welcome to Delera Talks, the business English communication podcast for non-native professionals. My name is Paula, and I am co-hosting this show with Simon. In this podcast, we're going to be covering communication advice and tips to help express yourself with confidence in English and professional settings. So we hope you enjoy the show. Hello again. Welcome back wherever you are. This is Talera Talks. And as always, uh, my name is Simon and I'm joined by Paola. Paola, how are you doing today? Hi, Simon. Doing great. Doing great. It's always great to record these episodes. So it's fun. And, you know, there's there's a lot of information. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so much going on. And I mean, we're getting close to, to wrapping up the end of the year. How are things uh, down in Spain? Things are going well. It's gorgeous weather now. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's always sunny. You know, it's it's nice. It's pretty nice. It's very busy here at Talera. We have a lot of plans. We have something very exciting uh, coming up. I don't know if you can guess what it is or if anyone can guess. No, I think we've mentioned <laughs> it a, a, a couple times, but we'll talk yes. a little bit more about it towards the end of the year. But um, yeah, I mean, things are just as busy as ever. And a lot of people out there want to learn business English and want to improve. And it's just awesome to see. And um, yeah, I mean, we're working with some really, really interesting uh, companies and people and um you know, one of the the topics that we hear a lot about, um, and it's actually something that I want to ask if you agree or you disagree, is exactly that, agreeing and disagreeing, right? And this is something that uh, I was just having a discussion uh, with one of our students about recently, um, who was leading teams, and he felt like there was this dynamic in the team where one of the salespeople was very aggressive and was very kind of forward and would disagree very uh, vehemently, right? He would be very, very strong in his disagreement. And that kind of rubbed some people the wrong way. And they felt a little like, yeah, a little bit uh, kind of put off by that, right? And, And so the question is, is like, okay, was this just because he actually really felt like he should disagree like this? Or was this a language barrier? Or what, what is the actual situation here? Maybe he, you know, modeled this behavior from someone else and thought this is how I should be, you know, acting. Um, But it is, it's an interesting topic. And yeah, one we want to discuss today. Paula, would you agree that this is an interesting topic or would you disagree? A hundred percent with you. I totally agree with you. And I love this topic because it, it is, it is, I mean, we've done some of this before or a lot of this before where we mix language um, aspects. Like we're going to give today, we're going to give a lot of phrases and, and tools that people can use to both agree and disagree, but then we're going to mix it up with cultures. Like how do people agree and disagree across cultures? And why do we see some people as very rude or too aggressive when they disagree? So here we're going to look at the reasons why this happens and how you can navigate, for example, multicultural meetings or discussions where you're, when you're talking to someone from a different culture, a different background, and make sure that everyone, you know, is is as happy as possible. Right. And and it's 
it can be difficult when you're in a multicultural situation um, because you you rely on your own way of of navigating you know very often and so when you're in a situation you can just disagree the way you that you would when you're around your you know your own colleagues or your own friends and exactly to your point if you're not aware that how you disagree with people you know may be different it can really cause some some tension right and that's something to be to be mindful of um so let's yeah let's hop into it um and we'll start with the nice one we'll start with agreeing and you know there's a lot of different ways to to agree when you're in a business meeting um what yeah what are some examples let's just go through this one we'll obviously spend more time on disagreeing but tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about agreeing yeah so there's many like many different ways to agree or to say i agree you can just say oh yeah i agree but you can also say yeah that's right that makes sense i'm with you i think so too or you know, I see it that way too. And again, there's many, many different phrases where you can agree, but these ones are the ones where you just clearly and simply say, I agree. Yeah. But sometimes you want to make it like really, really powerful and really strong. And how do you do that, Simon? What, what can you do to like say, yes, you know, a hundred percent, that could be one of them, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. I use that all the time. 100% I'm with you. Um, absolutely. Everybody, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I unfortunately use the term absolutely 100% of the time, right? I'm just <laughs> always saying absolutely. And that is, again, we'll talk about the culture side of it. But being American, we tend to use these upgraders, right? By saying like, absolutely, totally, you know, 100%. This is really high, right? Um Another way could be, you know, saying I couldn't agree more like, you know, this is showing that I'm I'm completely with you. Right. Um, I don't know. What, what do you usually use if, if you're in, in agreement and strong agreement? Ooh, I'm 100 percent with you. I totally agree. Those would be the two ones. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I also use, I, I, now that's what I'm talking about, right? Like, that's like, you know, <laughs> I that's love the it. One, maybe that's a little bit more slang, but I use that a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you is probably, yeah, my most common one also. Um, but it can be one of those things, right? Uh, you may cross-culturally, you may run into people who are agreeing with you, but in their culture, are agreeing with you really strongly, but it doesn't necessarily seem like that, you know? Um, and that can always be a little bit of a, of a weird dynamic. Like, okay, maybe mm-hmm. I feel like I'm overly excited right now as an American, I should calm down a little bit. <laughs> and that can be, I don't know if you've run into that as well. Yes. It can be very confusing. I heard this from students that they tell me, Oh, but then I have my colleagues in the United States and they always agree hundred percent. And then they object right? And then they have some things that they don't really agree with. And then I'm confused because like, if you a hundred percent agreed, then why there are some, are there some things that you don't fully agree with, you know? So it, I, it's totally, it's such a cultural um, difference and it can can be shocking for some people. And I think speaking as an American, what I would say is I do that 
as well. Um, <laughs> I almost just said I do that all the time, you know, which is again, using these upgraders, right? I would be like 100%, I'm totally with you. But another thing we could do or, and adding on to that, we could do this and this and this, right? And it's like, you just said you were 100% with me, but now you're adding some critique. Um, and again, that's where we're using these upgraders a lot. Um, so I totally agree with you. Most often just means, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Now, what about if we're not in total agreement, but it's somewhat, it's kind of we're we're, we're agreeing, but we want to, we want to show also that we have some other thoughts. How would we, how would we do that? A very common phrase to do that would be to say, I agree with you up to a point, but yeah, the up to a point, I agree with you up to a point means, yes, I agree with you, but it's not a hundred percent. There are some things that I don't fully agree with, or while I agree with, this is the part you're cool with, I think, and then that's where you introduce the 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 objection that you have Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. i see where you're coming from but actually this one i see where you're coming from but is also used to disagree in a very Mm -hmm. very polite way right when we use that but is a very very common way in english to disagree right right and and so this is an interesting one because i think especially when we're in a business setting, we want to be polite. And we're going to talk about this, you know, how to disagree politely. We want to be polite. um, And a good part of that is showing that maybe you agree with some parts of it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a good way to do it. And, And I love this. Yeah, I agree with you up to a point. But I think also we should consider, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, I use this, I see where you're coming from. Um, because, and I'm not sure how much of it is I agree with you versus like I understand your your feeling, right? Or I understand where, where you're coming from. It could be a little bit of both, right? But I use this a lot. It's like, I see where you're coming from, you know, with that. And, and you're right about this, this, and this. But I also feel, you know, these things. Um, and I feel like that's a good way to have a, you know, have a discussion. Yeah, based on understanding and saying, okay, I I understand the way you're thinking and I understand the reasons why you may be thinking that, but here's what I think. So Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, Right. So that's a bit what we have for agreeing. That was the easy part, right? Everyone feels comfortable agreeing with others. But what about disagreeing, Simon? How do we how do we do that? Yeah, this is the, you know how do you eat an elephant, right? One bite at a time. (laughs) This is like the elephant right here that we need to get through the disagreeing. There's so much into disagreeing that is really difficult because it's at the end of the day, it's about some type of confrontation. It's about, you know, you're needing to put a block into some type of of conversation where you bring in your own point that may not be the same, right? So you know, there's a lot of different ways to disagree. And because we're talking about business English, usually in a business situation, we, we want to be quote unquote professional, right? And so being professional typically is a little bit more polite, right? And, and doing that politely. Um, so we can disagree, but kind of in a little bit of a soft way. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is maybe 
how we would do it. Um, when we're thinking of all of the cultures, and we'll talk about this, you know, there is a kind of general framework for disagreeing, you know, in most, most, uh, most cases shouldn't be very, very hard and it shouldn't be too soft, right? It should be somewhere in the middle there. Um, and so these are some different ways that, that we can use it, right? So you could say something like, uh, I'm not so sure about that, or I'm not sure I would agree with that. And if you want to be very formal, you could say like, yeah, I respectfully disagree, right? <laughs> so, so those are some three good options that, that uh, I saw that you added. Which one would you say you use the most? Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. That's, mm. a good, that's one that I use quite often. I'm not so sure about that. I would try to avoid the I respectfully disagree unless I have a very close relationship with the other person. Right. But what about you? You know, it's funny. I, I would use the second one, right? So I'm not sure I would agree with that. But I, being the American, I would add in an upgrader and I would say, I'm not sure I would totally agree with that. <laughs> and I so I it. would add in that point of saying like, maybe I agree with you 90%, but I disagree with you that 10%. I'm not so sure I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the one that, that I would use. Now, if we're needing to strongly disagree, right, um, how would we navigate that? Yeah, so the same way we tend to use upgraders for agreeing, we would say, I totally agree with you, I 100% agree. Um, we would not do that with disagreeing, right? We right. would very rarely say, oh, I totally disagree with you, or I have a completely different opinion on that. You could use those, but it's usually with extreme cases where they were super rude, they were over the top, you know, it's, right. we save those for very, very specific situations. But other than that, we put together a little framework. It's a two-step framework that can help you disagree politely, strongly or partially, or just in general disagree. And so in the first step, you would choose one of these three options that we're going to give and then you always offer an alternative solution. That's how you are proactive. That's how you tell people, hey, I'm not only here to disagree, but I actually want to find a solution together. So as we said, there's two steps. The first one is choose one of these three options that we're going to give, and the other one offer an alternative solution. Now, those three options. The first one is show that you understand the other person's opinion. And Simon, you were talking about your favorite one before where you said, I see where you're coming from. You could mm -hmm. use that one, right? I see what you're saying. Um, I take your point or true, that's a fair point. Or again, I understand where you're coming from. So that could, that could really work, right? Um, and then you always offer an alternative, alternative solution. Like for example, um, the way I would go about it, or mm -hmm. my suggestion would be to do this and that, or instead, I wonder if we could do this. Right. right? So that's right. one so option. You, mm -hmm. So you could add it together kind of like, you know, Paula, I see where you're coming from, but I think you should probably use this solution instead. You nailed it. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that was awesome. So yeah. Here, the first option would be that you show that you understand the other person's opinion. The other option, very, very common, is to pretend to be in the middle or unsure 
about your position, you can say, well, I'm not sure I agree with you or I'm not fully convinced mm-hmm. or I don't know if I 100% agree with that, right? That's where you're pretending to be unsure, even if you're sure that you don't agree. But this is just like the way we soften the disagreement. Now, are you lying here, Paula? <laughs> are you lying in this situation? I'm not fully sure if this would be considered lying. <laughs> no, it's not lying, right? It's softening it, right? And that's it's what we talked it. about before. Yes, it's protecting the harmony of the group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not really lying. And then again, you always always offer an alternative solution. And then the third option, right? We say it was two steps. And then for the first step, we chose between one of those three options. The first one was showing that you understand. The second one is to pretend to be in the middle or unsure. And the third one, and we have to be careful with this one, is apologizing before introducing your disagreement. And the reason I say we have to be careful with this one is because this is what we've traditionally done in English for many years, right? You Mm -hmm. apologize. I am so sorry, but I don't think I can agree with that. Or I apologize, but I need to disagree with that. And I learned to do that at school, to be honest. But then Mm -hmm. now there's this big trend that says you shouldn't apologize for disagreeing. I don't know if you've heard that. Yeah. So, so this is a, this is an interesting one, right? Because I think it's about what is the intent behind like this apology, you know, before disagreeing, right? If we think about the one that we just talked about where we're, you know, pretending to be kind of in the middle or a little bit unsure it's what you said. It's about group harmony, right? Um, and I think this is maybe somewhat similar is the apology is to try to soften this, uh, this disagreement because for many people and in many cultures, disagreement can be very conflict-based, right? It's very, very, uh, it can be very scary for people. I mean, I know uh, there are people and I've had to learn myself to learn how to disagree and you know, do that in a way where you're strong about your opinion. Um, but you want to be careful also not to, if you're in a culture where if you disagree openly, that means that you could be, um, you could be showing some type of disrespect. There's a, there's a little bit of almost a cultural thing where you, you put that in. Um, I don't know if I was taught to, to apologize for disagreeing, but it was, I was definitely taught to soften any disagreements and that that was that was a big one um but again i mean i think it depends on the situation i know i've apologized before disagreeing before um but it it depends right if Mm -hmm. you know if i think someone is making a like a, a statement that's morally or ethically you know wrong um or against my own views i'm not going to apologize for disagreeing right but um yeah i don't know like i don't know would you agree with that i yeah i mean i'm totally with you and here i wouldn't also say that i'm in favor of apologizing for not understanding so i mean we provided three options the the first two are my favorite but still there is a third one that is used it's very commonly Mm -hmm. used especially in the uk We've, we've, yeah. I've heard that in the UK quite a lot. 
Um, so it's a reality. You can embrace it. You can use it, or you can just use one of the other two. Yeah. That's why we have three options <laughs> as always. The rule of three. There you go. There you um, go. There you go. All right. So, so general tips on, on disagreeing, what should we know? Yeah. So there are, because this one is the tricky one, right? Disagreeing can be a little tricky. And before we even get into the cultural differences, there's one tip that is, that can be useful. And that is, especially if you're a person that gets emotional during debates and, you know, heated conversations, um, try to refer to yourself in the third person, right? Instead of saying, I disagree, you could say something like, well, that option may not be that helpful for this thing, you know, like mm. you self distance from the topic, providing more um, objective arguments. And that way it helps you regulate your emotions and you can keep your cool. So that could be one that's sometimes helpful. I don't know if mm, you've ever. I like that. That's mm-hmm. like, so if, if you're in a, you're disagreeing about a salary raise, for example, and, and, and then you're using it as, you know, that offer that you had comparative to the market rates is not, um, is not what I found. Um, and so it's not, I'm not saying this isn't fair to me, or this isn't about me. I'm putting it kind of in the third, in this objective Mm -hmm. view. Right. And that's maybe making it easier for me to, to navigate that emotionally. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I was, what I was referring to. Try to exactly, instead of saying, I don't deserve this, you can say, well, that offer doesn't match the standards that I found Right. this market. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Okay. Yes, yes. And then also just be super mindful. We've talked about cultural intelligence many times, and it's Mm. something that we're passionate about. It's a very, very important skill when you're working across cultures, but really be mindful of the differences and just know that your actions, your words may be interpreted differently um, based on who you're talking to. So just just be mindful of those differences. (laughs) And then we'll talk about, okay, what are those differences, right? But just be aware that you may have the best intentions, but if you yell at someone, it may be normal in your your culture and it may be totally unacceptable in a different culture. Or if you say, I totally disagree with you, that can be really, really hurtful in some yeah. places mm-hmm. right right and it's yeah it's it's important to like you said be mindful and that's where that that cq cultural intelligence comes in that's um, it now speaking of cultural intelligence we have these different these different forms of cultures these this scale of confrontational and non-confrontational cultures and this is when we come to disagreeing and we love aaron meyer at, at talera and and we we discuss her work a lot, um, you know, built on a lot of other cultural studies. And we have these kind of two ends of the spectrum, right? When it comes to disagreeing. Yep, we do. So there are some cultures that are more comfortable with confrontation. They're okay saying I disagree openly. And, you know, if you disagree with me, then that's not something bad. You're not attacking me. You're just trying to come up with a better solution. And those cultures towards that end of the spectrum are Germany, France, Russia, Israel, the Netherlands. Denmark and Spain are also towards that end of the spectrum. Yeah, um, so so that is <laughs> that is much more 
and again, it's how you view it, right? I wouldn't, being Danish, I wouldn't say this is confrontational. I would just say, oh, no, it's just objective, right? It's just, mm -hmm. you know, it's just disagreeing, right? And that's because in this culture, you know, disagreement and debate is, is positive, right? It's seen as like, this is a good thing for our group to disagree and debate openly because then we can come to the best solution right mm. um and now this may be different from the other end of the spectrum which tends to avoid confrontation um and which which cultures are those that we're talking about so some of those cultures are indonesia japan thailand china uh, Kenya, Saudi Arabia. And if we look at, you know, especially the, the Eastern cultures like China, Korea, Japan, they, they tend to see disagreement as a negative thing because it affects the, the group dynamics. It may impact the relationship. And there's this concept of miancy or face, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. the expression saving face. And it's really to, make sure that you protect the person's face. Um, and that is more important than stating what you believe is correct. You know, the, right. it has to do with group harmony and that's more important than just you speaking up and saying, oh, I disagree. Right. And face is a big thing. Not only it's, it's not just the person you're, you're not talking about the person's pride, right? You're talking about the person's status. You're talking about the person's role in society. You're maybe even talking about their, the person's family and who and what they represent. So there is a lot in that one, in that one idea of face, right. In that one concept. So, you know, from coming from a, a more Western society, if you're just, you know, not actually doing this, but sticking your finger in someone's face and saying, hey, I disagree with you, you can be right pushing all of these things and 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 adding conflict to all of those different points, where from your perspective, you're saying, oh, I'm just disagreeing with you because, you know, I respect you and I want to come to a conclusion, right? So it's really important to to learn how to navigate that and to be mindful of that. Yes. And, and see where they're coming from. We talked about that phrase, like, I see where you're coming from. Try to see where they're coming from. So we said that um, Confucian societies are like these ones, the Eastern societies may protect or may want to protect the group and the group harmony versus the individualism. And, uh, and then some others like Germany, and I learned this when I moved there, uh, when I moved to Berlin, I learned this thing, and I'm going to pronounce it really, really badly, but it's a mm -hmm. uh, Sechlichkeit, which is something like objectivity. And when they say I disagree or like I strongly disagree, it doesn't mean that they're they're not disapproving you. Like they're not saying you as a person mm. are wrong. It's more saying, oh, objectively, the thing that you're saying does not match with what I believe. You know, so just seeing it from an objectivity point of view instead of a personal attack is, yeah. is really helpful as well it's like i'm i'm disagreeing with your idea not with you right and so that's you it. have to you have to know that i am not my idea and that's a, that's a very yeah, i like that it's, i am not my idea <laughs> yeah it's just like an idea that. right mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it's me right and and um and i think that's a difficult one to to remember sometimes, um, mm -hmm. especially when you're very passionate about making something work, 
at least I've found myself before where I've kind of married myself to this idea, right? And and maybe know the difference between ideas and values, right? Is like mm-hmm. this idea for this project is not like my life value of, of how I see the world, right? And and that needs to be, you know, something that we that we work on, I think. Yeah. I love that. I really like that. Okay. So let's say we have a meeting and mm-hmm. that meeting um has different people from different cultures. How can we navigate that to make sure? Because agreeing and disagreeing is important. We have to do it. And But there must be a way where everyone has understood what the other person meant and is not offended. Simon, right. do you have any tips to navigate these multicultural meetings? Yeah. So I think the best way to do this is to set aside guidelines before the meeting on how we do this. And this I think is to include some sort of activity or space or object or something that depersonalizes the the disagreement, right? And and that's where it's what you talked about, right? About making it objective. These these disagreements need to be objective and they're not about us because when you have so many people from different cultures, you never know who might take offense to this or who might feel attached um, or who just might be married to their ideas. Right. So, you know, separate the people from the ideas and you can use this like a anonymous idea box. You can use it as, you know, I think you had the idea of putting, you know, ideas on the board. And so that now the ideas are just out there. Now they're just there. And then we can we can work with them there. They're not attached to a single person. Um, mm. And I think that's a good way to kind of depersonalize it. What do you think? It is it is a really good way because as you said, here is where you can fully then say, okay, I am not my ideas, right? Yeah. Which I yeah. really, really liked. Um, there's also one strategy, like try to read the air. We talked mm-hmm. about this. You don't want to be KY and as in the Japanese <laughs> right, expression. Exactly. So you want to be able to read the air and understand the different cultures that you have in there and try to somehow adjust your language with the upgraders and downgraders. So upgraders make your message really, really strong, like absolutely, totally. They're okay when you agree, but they can be really strong and harsh when you're disagreeing. So here you may want to use downgraders, like sort of partially up to a point, to a certain extent, kind of. Um, And that way you make sure that, you know, you soften the message in case anyone gets offended. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think also for big multicultural teams, um, you can, you can crowdsource, right. You can crowdsource ideas. You can, I mean, voting works, you know, like people have their own anonymous poll where they can vote for something, um, vote for an idea or a choice. And, And that can, if it comes down to it, that can, that can work as well. Yes, absolutely. And there's something that we always bring up when we talk about cultural differences, uh, but I still think it's important to keep hammering it in. And that is two main things. One, there is no right or wrong. There really is a no right or wrong. And there is no normal. So what's normal for you may not be normal for other people. It's just a matter of understanding those differences and just accommodating them. It's not even, it can be tricky, but it's really not impossible. Uh, And it just takes practice. And then the other thing is that when you learn about uh, cross-cultural differences, you should learn them just by comparing them to other cultures. Because the U.S., for example, can be very confrontational 
if you compare them to a person from Japan, perhaps, but they can be too vague if you compare them with a person from France. Yeah. Potentially. We don't know. We are all individuals and we all have our very specific communication styles, but we're talking in general terms and based on a lot of like different studies. So yeah, just be mindful of those, those things. Mm -hmm. We're all different versions of gray, right? It's different shades, different shades of gray. And that's, uh, yeah, that's just what it is. So there is no, yeah, black and white and right and wrong. And I, I, I I definitely agree. Mm -hmm. I exactly that, exactly that. So we're wrapping up. We talked about some phrases for agreeing and some phrases for disagreeing. We gave a, a little framework for disagreeing with those three steps. And, and we also talked about some cultural differences. Uh, we'll be adding a lot more phrases uh, to the blog post that we're adding to the uh, episode description. But should we wrap up with some very, very quick tips for both confrontational and non-confrontational cultures? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so tips for confrontational cultures. Here, again, it's Germany, France, Russia, the Netherlands, Denmark, Italy. Um, Imagine you're from one of these countries and you need to cooperate with people from more perhaps reserved or non-confrontational cultures. What can you do, Simon? So I'm from Denmark and I'm going to work in Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, I should consider that I I shouldn't corner people and and force them to speak up, right? I shouldn't be like, this is your job description to speak up. So you better disagree (laughs) with me now, you know? Um, And, and, you know, you're totally right there, but there's also more subtle ways to corner people. And that is just to to say, um, so Anna, what do you think? Just doing that in a meeting, if you know that they're from non-confrontational cultures, it may be just putting them in the the spot. Yeah. I I mean, I learned that lesson firsthand in Vietnam. I've I've said, I've told that story before where I did that exact thing in a meeting in Vietnam and I like ruined this uh, poor woman's month. Like it was horrible, you know? Um, And so, yeah, definitely don't do that. Um, you know, you can find ways to brainstorm anonymously, you know, like you said, creating, you can create a virtual uh, whiteboard. Um, yeah, have the meeting, have a meeting before the main meeting so you can get ideas from people and, and get a sense. Um, you know, I, I think give people notice to prepare ideas so they don't feel, you know, shocked when you call on them in the meeting. Um, and yeah, consider some one-on-ones. Um, definitely, if you're thinking about different uh, status points, where who do you who should you meet with before the meeting, so people know that they're you know clued into to what needs to happen. Which managers should you meet with, so that they feel that you're taking their point of view into consideration? Um, and I think that's a, a big point. Now, let's flip it. And say you're from a non-confrontational culture and you're going to work with uh, people from more of a confrontational culture. Like say, yeah, say you're from Japan going to work in Denmark. What should you consider? Yeah. So here the first thing is don't take their confrontations personally. If they tell you that's totally wrong, they're not saying that about you, but about the idea that you Mm. brought up. So don't take things personally. Um, Do try to speak up, find the framework that works for you. And perhaps that is by softening your message. Or there's a very, very interesting technique, and that is to frame your disagreement in a positive way using positive language. And this can help you 
you know, it may be easier for you because you're not using strong words or you're not using negative words. And it, it, you're, you make sure that it's well-received by others. So instead of saying, um, this won't be finished, I disagree, this won't be finished by December 1st, then I can say, or you can say, this won't be finished until December 1st, mm. right? That's something negative. Yeah. You could say, well, this will only be finished after December 1st, <laughs> right? So yeah, there yeah. you're just reframing it, saying the same thing. And super important, and you said this before, Simon, but I, I just think it's so, so, so helpful. When you work with a multicultural team, talk to your colleagues and managers about how you like to work. For example, if it if for you, if you find it helpful to get the agenda in advance before the meetings so that you can prepare and think, well, try to communicate that with them so that they can also accommodate um, the, the whole thing for you. And yeah, those are those are some of the main ones. And um, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever talked about agreeing and disagreeing so much, but it was still super interesting. <laughs> like that was a really fast, like forty five minutes. Wow, um, <laughs> so much in there, right? And it is. It's just like anything. There's so many layers to disagreeing. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's a fascinating topic. And hopefully, you know, everybody listening today could uh, yeah get some good tips out of this. Yeah. And if you have a multicultural team, feel free to drop this link, you know, this episode here and there and educate your, your teams, your friends, your colleagues. And our goal is always to create, to bridge cultures and to create this way of like understanding each other, even if we come from very different backgrounds. So if we can help do that even 100%, then, then I feel we've, we've achieved our, our goal. 100%. There you go. <laughs> I agree with you. Totally. Um, great. Well, uh, wrapping up, um, Paula, anything that we should add, uh, any upcoming webinars, any things people should be watching out for? We have a lot of exciting webinars coming up. Uh, one of our favorite ones, of course, is working across cultures. That's going to be December the 5th. So I encourage everyone to join, but we have advanced emails, uh, small talk, providing constructive feedback. There's so much going on. So always go on the free resources page, check them all out. And if you ever want to have more personalized training, then you can always talk to us. Hello at telera.com. Even if it's just to say, hey, I listen to your episode every Tuesday, then that always makes us happy. So, you know, we love communication. Yeah, exactly right. And to all of you managers out there, you know, coming up towards the end of the year, you're probably going to have to do some performance reviews and evaluation and have those meetings. And we work with managers a lot um, with those specific things. And as always, it's it's important to communicate during the whole year, of course, but especially towards the end of the year um, when it comes to those specific points. So yeah, let us know if you're interested. Besides that, Paula, as always, a lot of fun. Um, and to all of you out there, as always, keep learning. And that's all we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed it. And remember to subscribe to Talera Talks. We'll be back soon with more. And visit our website at talera.com for more valuable content on business English. You can also request a free consultation on the best ways for you and your team to improve your communication skills. So have a great day and keep learning.